Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Meet us at our point of need in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you do. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Let's have our seats. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank God for the journey so far. And um, we bless God for always guiding us as a church. And the trust that you would keep directing our path in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One thing that God has granted us grace to do is more especially when in this season where God brings us together to be able to pray and fast. And even like I said during the video, there are seasons in this country that God just brings us in one way or the other to partake in it in a different way. So all these seasons of fasting and prayers have been planned ahead of time. And God seems just to be aligning us to what he's doing. The nation is definitely going through a new phase. And it is, it, is, it is important that you know, we all realize what is going on. We will not talk much about it, but we, will, we just pray. And as God has led us to pray, even from the beginning of the week, about the change in leadership going on in the, in the land. We can follow the prayer sessions since Monday, and I think to Wednesday before she departed, it was really focused on the change of leadership that's coming up. Not that we knew anything, but it was just God. And it's also important that we know that these changes, you may not really realize it, but there is also spiritual changes in the nation. Whether you agree or not, whether you see her as that or not, Constitutionally, she is the head of the church in this country. You may not agree, but if you understand what Jesus said when Jesus talked about the seat of Moses, that it doesn't matter who's sitting on it, that seat has an impact on what happens to us. And when you saw as they were swearing the hope for the new king, there was a session dedicated to ensure that he sought to protect the church, both in England and in Scotland. Why? Because they are the leaders of the church. We can debate on what that means, how that does, whatever the case may be. But that also means that before God, he will not only account for the nation, he will account for the church and the land. So God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So it's just for us to also understand and pray and just seek that God will keep guiding them even as leaders of the land. Amen. And as we just come to this point, I just wanted to be, God helped us to deal with a couple of things during the vigil. I will not repeat um, anything as such during the vigil, but I just felt that maybe you know, we should 
look into, we should, we should discuss more around the fruits of the Spirit. And at times, you know, this thing is, is, is at times it's just one of those things that is on the side and things like that. But at times we may not recognize or appreciate when, when and you know, the, the value that Jesus places on it. You know, that's why when we are talking about the necessity of fruit bearing. The necessity of fruit bearing. Let me go to um, next slide. When Jesus made a statement, and Jesus said, I am the true vine, you are, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it would bear more fruit. So this means one thing. Is that Jesus is placing this at the center of your Christian life. Jesus is saying that this understanding how this is critical in our lives and as a life of a Christian it also determines your survival either you make it or not as a Christian. So Jesus is saying that it is not a it is not a just a conversation that you just have like you know it's an attachment and things like that. Now one of the things that the devil has has, has carefully also done, you know, that is always good at is to try to, especially for if you if we as we believe so much in the things of God, is to try to place around what is important and what is not of as much importance. I'll explain that as we go. See, when you look at the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, we'll be going more into this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Every person you see in scripture that has risen or let's put it they have been preserved or lost their part in God they have always fallen under this you will never maybe please educate me but you will never see anyone in scripture that has either fallen or rising based on anointing if you talk about uh, what's his name? If you talk about Samson, the rising and his son was on second. Daniel, the rising and falling was on that. Moses, he was humility or what you can call gentleness. What I'm trying to point out to you is that. These things are not just by the side. The devil tries to re-educate and re-engineer our paths in such a way that emphasis are laid on that which scripture does not necessarily put as much emphasis on it. 
Now, can I have a picture of the last Now, this is the way I can describe it as we move forward. Is that the light or the fire is the, is the gift, or you can call it your anointing. The covering is the fruit. No matter how that fire, what will sustain either that fire last or not, is the fruit that covers it. happens to the wrong. What would determine if that prof if 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 that prophecy eventually hurts me or not is my attitude towards my um, my, um, my boss. So if I turn up and say ah and I begin to behave rudely and that prophecy now turns out to be false what happens? So at times some things one of the some things that we think is dangerous that that the board, but God has, 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 has put some insurance this way that we in the system. Because he knows that as people are growing, there will be mistakes here and there. But he has put some things within the system for you to be able to, you know, to, to cushion the effect as it were. So what made you stop, what that made that person stop is not the prophecy, it is the attitude. Does this make sense to you? Now, if somebody, because where the Bible teaches that you deal with either witchcraft or whatever the case may be, is on the altar of prayer. It said our weapons of warfare are not carnal. So if you now if you now begin to say, ah, they say that this person is 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 a, is a witch, then you start to spread the story around. Is that part of the fruit of the spirit? But what happens is that by the time that thing now goes wrong. You will be more impacted. You will be saying, "No, this person is like me." God is saying, "No, it is because there was and there were there were things within the system that should have protected you, but you refused to take it." Does it make sense? If God had told just that they had anointed uh, David to become king. If David did not have meat, guess what? He could also come in harm's way. Assuming what Saul had said to him, Samuel had prophesied over his life was wrong. Assuming. You know that he hasn't lost anything. Because he's out. And that is the part at times that when people complain about impact of certain things, it is because that the fruit has not well developed, that cushions you, I'm not saying you know how to effect, but that cushions you and minimizes the effect. So people have lost relationships, even though they do not know that that is, that whatever it is that maybe, see, when it comes to prophetic things, <laughs> God help us. I used to say something. 
you have to understand the difference between someone that is possessed or oppressed. There are two different things. The person that is possessed, they know. You don't need to tell them. But somebody that is oppressed may not be clear to them what is going on. If you go and attack them and say you have witchcraft, you will end up in trouble. Because they don't know what you're talking about. Genuinely in their hearts. Let me give you another example. As we as we and I think as we look more into this aspect. If somebody is having an issue, let's say I am coming in with rage from my heart because somebody has offended me, not somebody here. And I come in. If 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 a demonic power would want to attempt to have access, that person would be an open door. It doesn't matter. Now, when somebody who is in chance could see that person and say, ah, and then open the anymore. What they've seen is that that person is an access, but they've not discerned if that person oppressed or, or, or possessed. Because that person is oppressed, they may not know because they have opened up their hearts to, it is like a landing, a landing platform. Does this make sense to us? So at times, most people that people accuse <laughs> of having demonic, whatever it's, they have no clue what you're talking about. But the problem is that, and as we look into these fruits, those things create platforms. See, there are things that, especially when it comes to spiritual things, your permission is not you saying yes or no. Your permission is you creating room for them. So if I am somebody that fornicates all the time, it is at the devil does not need to come and ask permission for me before he uses my life as a platform. Does that make sense? So you you we are not as like for example now, we were singing, people were going in church. We did not say, Holy Spirit, oh, yeah, come home. we are here. What happened? You created a platform and you came. If you see somebody who is sitting somewhere and putting oil upon anything at all and begin to bow your head, just, it's just a matter of time. Because what you are saying is that I am creating access for you to come in. So most of the time, Especially when it comes to evil spirit, evil spirit do not need act. They don't, they don't need requirements. They don't need uh, permission. The Holy Spirit will still. Jesus is the one that will say, "I will knock at your door." Have you ever seen the Holy Spirit does not knock at your door? So evil spirit, they don't knock at your door. You just need to create proper environment for them, and that's all that it takes. That's all that it takes. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we begin to look at this, then what we are saying is that the fruits will determine a lot of things. If a man has an anointing and the fruit is not there, that fire will burn people 
rather than make their life better. So you have the shed this way, the fire is there. If that fire is without soil, we call it shade from the higher country. Claire, uh, no, I know it's not Shade. the glass. Oh, yeah, you know, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you understand what I'm saying? So, you know. Is it coffee? Okay, amen. It's shade in English. Okay, shade, okay. <laughs> we have many English that until you get it, that's why you discover that. Ah, you know. Can I remember one day I wanted to go and buy medication at, 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 the, at the, the pharmacy and I said, I want to buy drugs. <laughs> Daddy, I don't know what to do. I don't know that with food. <laughs> and I said, I want to buy drugs. And I said, what do you want? So I want to buy drugs. They just signaled to the security. I didn't know what was going on. Was going on. So as I told the guy, I said, what do you want to buy? So I want to buy drugs. And so it's in part of my said, you need a double. So, yeah. No drug. <laughs> I tell you, Nigeria, that's what we say. Go to them because you translate in front of Obu is, is drug. Amen. God bless us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, let's move on. Just now, as I just come to begin to put this together quickly, is that at times when we say that what can overcome darkness is light. But the light that scripture is talking about is different from the kind of lights that we, we probably uh, say, God, let your light come. Let your light come. Let it destroy darkness. It is, it is right. But however, the kind of light that Jesus is talking about that has impact in an environment is a light that has been translated to a life. So, the life is the light itself. And once that light comes into a human life, then you begin to see impact. That is why the Bible says in Isaiah, Arise and shine, for your light has come. He said that kings will come to your light. He didn't say they will come to the sun. So, until when there are some level of impacts you will never see, Except that light becomes a life for us. Does this make sense to you? And that's why when Jesus was talking, and Jesus said, Jesus said to us, Jesus said that he said, he said, he said, he said, let your light shine so much. Matthew chapter 5. He said, let your light shine so much in such a way that they may see your good deeds. And moral excellence, and you know, and the Bible says they will glorify God. What's just saying? That light, the light that you are shouting, it has to move from the point of shouting light to the point of that light now translates into a life. Until when that light is transformed into life, it is still limited. The impact is still limited. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. I debated in my heart this morning either to go down this route, you know, to use the scripture or not. 
I just wanted to just. Now, I am not. Let's go to Matthew. Now, I am not talking about. This is not a conversation about tithes and tithes. That's not what we're okay. Just get the, 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 the mind and I'm going about it. And you probably understand why this thing is causing an issue on it. Now, some people say that Jesus never spoke about that. Is it right? But that's not the conversation. Now, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. He said, Woe to you, self righteous scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. He said, For you give a tenth of your means and Jews and things like that, focusing on minor matters. So that means that I cannot do based my ministry on that. As far as Jesus is concerned, it is a minor matter. Now, he now said that, he said, you have neglected more, more important, another version would say, weightier issues of moral and spiritual. Now, Jesus now ended up by saying, you should not neglect one over another. He said, you should not neglect. So he said, without neglecting the minor. So Jesus now said, don't talk about it. But what he's saying that you cannot now base Everything that you teach on that does that make sense? So, what am I trying to point out as we move closer to this thing is that in scripture there are things that the Bible classifies as minor, and there are things that Jesus classifies as weightier. Why? Because those weightier issues, when they are properly dealt with, the minor issues will just follow. You will just follow. But when you focus on the minor issues and you leave the weightier issues, what would like for example, I used to talk for example, when you talk about marriage. When you focus on building a man closer to Christ and a woman closer to Christ, you will spend less time on marriage anyway. Because I'm not saying it's not wrong, it's wrong, don't get me wrong. What I'm trying to say is that when the more I am becoming like Christ, the more my wife is becoming like Christ, and we are learning in that way, our relationship will become better. That does not mean it is wrong. Do you hear what I'm saying? But I cannot, and I understand that people have individual ministries. But what I cannot do is now base a church on that. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope I've not lost the part of what I'm saying about I get to you probably follow what I'm saying. So what I'm saying that is this. Let's read on this. Now, see, there are things when the Bible talks about that when we divide scripture, there is a way you divide scripture in order to make it accurate. We are still talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Now, when the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit, what the Bible is actually asking you to focus on is the root. That is why when you see when the Bible talks about the fruits of the Spirit are this. 
what the Bible is and also pointing out is that that root, that fruit is a consequence of something. The fruit is not the major issue. The issue is the root. If the root is right, the fruits will be okay. If I focus on the fruits and leave the roots, then there will be a problem. Does this make sense to us? So, as we begin to look at, that's why I'm trying to say that we are not really, we are talking about fruits, but to be able to gauge and understand the fruits, we must understand the root system. We must understand the root system. We must understand the root system. Now, one thing I first of all would say to us is this. When you read that Galatians chapter 5, so if you just go down there, Galatians chapter 5, just verse 22. I wanted to point out something to us. Just 22 verse like this. Now, the Bible says the fruits of the Spirit is, so this is that defined version, that's why you have it all. The fruit of the Spirit is joy, peace, patience, and things like that. I'll share this with us once. The Bible did not say the fruits of the Spirit. The Bible said the fruits of the Spirit. Why is that? You cannot say as a Christian, me, I don't have patience. No. If you are a child of God, it is one fruit that has, is as if it is an orange, that have all kinds of seeds. So, the day you gave your life to Christ, you cannot go back and say that, oh, um, you know, me, I don't know if I've had it before, me, I'm, I'm good when it comes to, you know, um, um, uh, love, but you know what, this patience issue is not my own kind of thing. It is ignorance. So, if the Bible says that the fruits of the Spirit, that means that we have to start from the viewpoint of, I have all these abilities in me. The question is, how do I develop in them? But when the devil wants me and you to start from is that there are certain things me I don't have. At times we have built a lot of um, a lot of theology around it. Please, can you show me where in the scriptures where you see where the Bible says pray for a mission? I know it's a very good prayer. Well, have you ever thought about it? That why does the Bible not say you pray for the immutable? Because it's a fruit. It's a consequence of something. Ah, Father, give me the spirit of self-control. It is not a spirit. It is a fruit, a consequence of something. So you say, God, I don't have self-control. See, I can't I believe so many things that we do, including me, that we pray about. God is just trying to say, okay, this is what he's trying to say. Let me just answer him. 
Because if I was to go by what he said, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't. It's as if you are telling God, give me five pounds when you have ten pounds in your pocket. So self-control is not, it is something that as soon as you have the Holy Spirit in you, it is part of the package that I will deliver to you. So the prayer is not God giving the spirit of self-control. It's teach me to develop my parts in self-control. It's teach me to develop my part in self-control. And as we now, when we begin to look at this, I have shared this with us that when you're reading scriptures. When the Bible says that, when the Bible uses fruits, sorry, uh, spirit as a capital letter, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. When you see it writing in small letters, it's talking about your human spirit. So the Bible is now saying, these are the fruits of the Spirit. So that means that the Spirit of God will begin to bear certain fruit inside of you. Once the spirit is is already there, does this make sense? Now I'm just going to just see how Jesus dealt with the issue about of lack of fruit. Let's go to hop to uh, Luke chapter thirteen, please. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. Now the Bible says Jesus giving a parable. So Jesus, the Bible says that he said to, to, to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I have been coming to look for fruit or this fig tree and I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should, you, why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. I would dig around it and fertilize it if it will bear fruit the next day. So what Jesus is saying is that when you see an issue of lack of fruit or in a person or when somebody is struggling to bear fruit, the issue is the digging of the root, not the fruit. How do I put this on? At times, you can see somebody, so somebody was, you know, at times you can force somebody to behave in a particular way. But if the root is not in there, it, it is just for a time. So, what the Bible is saying to us is this, is that for you and I to be able to bear fruits, our roots must be deep. Now, the question at times is that if the Spirit of God is in you and me, why is it difficult for me to bear fruit? It is the question of alignment. Am I agreeing? When the Spirit of God is saying, Bio, this kind of habit, you should stop it. Or maybe I'm getting annoyed now. The Spirit of God is telling me, keep quiet. And within that period of time, I choose to say no. It is not that I cannot control myself, 
But what I have done is I have refused to take the leading of the Holy Spirit. Does this make sense? So, how do I improve on myself is to take the leading of the Holy Spirit inside of me. The tree is already there. All I need to do is to align myself to that tree. And as I begin to follow, you will discover that the scripture that we started off with, Jesus said, if a man bears fruit, he said, I will prune him and he can bear more. The only way to continue bearing fruit is to keep on making, a, making an attempt to ensure that, that, you, that you align yourself with God. This is extremely important, even as you ensure that the devil never has a hold on your life. Because once the devil can find a space, and see, this is the problem. When, when God, when you come for services and God delivers you from anything, and the problem at times is that the devil would always, that Jesus said, he would always come back to look for a space. And he's looking for something to hold on to. I will say this as I just bring this to the point of prayer. Is that dealing with addiction see, there is one law in spiritual things. No matter what kind of pattern or which kind of spirits you are talking about. Every spirit desires sacrifice. Every spirit desires sacrifice. So whatever you give as sacrifice, you are inviting a spirit. Now, Sacrifice at times, most of the time, is what will cost you as a person. Are we together? Now, one currency that is acknowledged in the spirit world is consistency. Because as a human being, one of the biggest things you struggle with is consistency. Try it. Begin to pray at a particular time every day. Just one time. You sleep, you do five days prayer, you sleep, you do five days prayer, and things like that. Over a period of time, you begin to see that something will wake you up at that time. Because what you are doing is that as you are consistent on it, you are inviting because what they see is a sacrifice and they come to it. That is why somebody can be practicing a particular habit. A habit. You get to a point, it becomes something that they cannot hold back again. I understand and I will deal with that aspect of the natural body having addiction. 
But what happens is that that thing is held on to by spirit. And because what they've seen is somebody providing sacrifice. Sacrifice is not only providing money. See, even giving money, what your money means is that out of my, my sweat, I have given you something. That is why when Jesus said, the woman that gave the least gave more than those who gave more money physically. Why? Because of it's quantified in sacrifice. Does this make sense? So, when you begin to, that is why if you are someone that goes to church for a long time, consistently, then when you begin to stop, you begin to probably get vision, or somebody will start to, or your spirit will start to say to you, why are you here? Because what has happened is that you have built a consistency. It has become a sacrifice before God. And he's taking that as a word. So, Jesus said to us, in a particular way, when it comes, let's go to John chapter, um, uh, Matthew chapter, chapter 12, verse 43 to 45. That's right. Amen. Yeah. So the Bible says, when an impure, impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes, it goes through the hierarchy seeking a place of rest, and it doesn't find it. Now, every spirit is looking for a place of rest. That's why God will say, I am looking for a man. He said, it will build a house for me, a resting place. You better talk to me about it. That means then he will return and say, let me go back to the house I have made. When he arrives and finds a place for occupied, sweat clean and put in order. Then he goes and takes this um, he goes and takes spirit even more wicked than you and and you go where they need to. And you know, the Bible says that. The condition will be worse than where it was before. Let's read John. Let's just see another, uh, another part of it. Later, Jesus found him at the temple. Jesus said, You are well again. Stop sinning. That means saying, Stop the habit that you are doing. Because what happens is that they only attract them back because what they see is consistency. Does this make sense to us? So, when one of the things that you do when you are breaking addiction is one, when God delivers you, you still have a responsibility to ensure that you stop. How does that happen? Your body is developed in such a way that it secretes from, I uh, forgot what they call it, that, okay, let's give you an example. If you hit at 9 o'clock every morning, or you drink coffee at 9 o'clock every morning, for a long period of time, stop drinking coffee at that time. Later on, a month later, or a year later, you discover at that time on the dot, your body will begin to ask, even if you eat at a particular time, you get to that point that you want to eat. Not that you are hungry, but because that time has come, now, what the Bible teaches is that 
you now substitute that, that occasion with the things of God. And when the thing keeps coming, your body keeps asking for something. It doesn't get it. At a point in time, it comes for that. Does this make sense to us? Because, and that is the way to break it. One, on the altar of prayer. But secondly, is to ensure that you don't keep feeding. So, this is what I'm trying to say. It is not everybody that can 99% of people, when you have an habit and you break, pray and God casts it out of your, uh, breaks the prayer, the, the, that does not mean the hunger will not come. It is now how you feed the hunger that will determine either you are going to continue in that path or not. But the more you begin to feed it with the things of God, you will discover that the hunger will begin to drop onto a point where you don't even where you don't even sense it again. That's what Jesus was saying. Do not go back. Why did Jesus not say, oh, you know, Aga, I have, I have dealt with you. It is permanent. No, Jesus said, do not go back continuing that thing. Or else, you are going to set yourself up for even a worst case scenario. There was a pastor, I don't support it, but it was kind of interesting. The pastor was um, uh, a celebrity, very high celebrity in America, called in and wanted to give their life to Christ and they wanted to break a particular thing that was taking hold of them. And the pastor said, when I pray for you, do you have any plan to stop it? Let's put plans in place to break this. He said, hey. he said, I'm not really sure because I said, don't worry, let me pray for you. You may think that is a bit unfair. But if that pastor is following what Jesus is saying, so that something worse will not come to you, it's better you just stay. Does this make sense to us? All we are saying is this. Like Jesus said, our survival as Christians, is on the feet. But we need to take responsibility to ensure that we constantly check ourselves to be sure that measure yourself. How well am I growing in the things of how is my fruit of the spirit developing? I only hear Christian talk about Ah, I could see seven visions yesterday. Today, I can see 50 visions. In fact, I think one of the things that the body of Christ has not done well is that we don't celebrate development of the fruit of the Spirit. If somebody comes out here and says, I thank God, I used to, I, I used to take, I used to take um, Halapina, I used to I, I used to, I used to lie before, but now Jesus has set me free. When have you had a testimony? You said we don't say that testimony, but that testimony is not, is not. See how the body of Christ has become. Yet on 
maybe certain principles that Jesus is teaching, that the Bible highlights people coming back and giving testimony about healing and things like that. But when people give their life to Christ, that is your, okay, let me put it this way as you head it, as you, as you come to a close. It should say a lot to us. You will never see each time that Jesus saw that somebody's eyes open, the Bible says Jesus was jumping with joy. But when a soul comes back to Christ, Jesus said, even heaven is happy. When we begin to teach things, when we don't put things in order, let's put it that way. That is why, and if the Bible says that when you are being delivered, strengthen your brother. If I, as a preacher, I cannot come and share the testimonies of how God brought me out of addictions, how would that testimony be replicated? I'm not saying you have to have it, but if you have it and you cannot share it, testimonies are replicated when you share honestly what God has done for you. And God begins to confirm it in the lives of others. But if I come and share a testimony that is packaged, God is not, God does not agree with testimonies that is packaged because he does not need my help. A testimony that is packaged, as far as everyone is concerned, is a lie. So rather than bringing increase, it causes problem. And I'm sharing with us, Ananias and Sapphira's in scripture, they gave, they brought a testimony before God. But it was not, it was not, the issue was that if you read, if you read um, the book of Acts, you see that what happened was that some people brought offering before God. And one of the men brought an offering and the apostles called him the son of encouragement. That was Acts chapter 4, I believe. Of, uh, is the, Acts, the Bible says that he calls him the, the child of encouragement. And the Bible says that when Ananias and Sapphira saw it, they went to sell all their own property and came before God. So what started off that thanksgiving was competition. It was never. So God did not cause that offering because of, if you know, this root of it was competition. So when they now sold it, they said, ah, we can't give all of this. And they now kept it. Why did they lie before uh, Peter? It wasn't that because they were, it was because they, there was a competition going on. And that was why they packaged their testimony to Samuel. I've said this before, and I beg you by the message of God. If God does something for you, no matter how basic it is, say it the way it is, and just go. Somebody says, ah, is, that, is, is that testimony? That is their problem. I will tell you one thing by God's mercy as a preacher. There are some that I have done and I have felt what a load 
of loss. And I see people calling me and saying, ah, this is what God did to me. Oh, what you said, I'll be like, ah, I'll be talking about the same time. And God will always tell me, I see, you need to realize. Leave it as basic as I've shown you. And trust me to handle it. So when God does something for you, don't say that somebody is coming to give testimony and that person said, ah, God saved me from accident, from death, and this. Everybody goes, I praise the Lord. And you now come back and say, ah, how do you want that to say, I woke up with Pain, I slept. I now saw this revelation. I like this, I like that. You know, I things like that. By my understanding and style of scriptures, that testimony would be cost from heaven. The best God can do in that case is to let it go. Not bless it, but to let it go. If he was going to respond by the standard of the analysis of Ferris, he would be a cause. And that's why I'm trying to see so many things happening in the body of Christ, in the churches, sadly. Because we don't competition, it's about competition. And we don't know that causes are just coming out. And then, because God is on the respect that's it. So, all we are saying is that let's get the balance of scripture right. It will help. And as we look at the fruits of the Spirit, I want you to see it is, if, let's put it this way, if Jesus said it matters, then it matters. The anointing will come. I guarantee you, if you can develop your fruits to a level, anointing will come. You don't need to chase it. I also say this, gift is what God gives you. Fruit is what you can develop from this relationship. So leave him to do what he can do. And you do what you are called to do. I've never seen God written in the Bible that God is going to judge you on the number of gifts that you did not have. Because he gave it to you. The Bible says that he gives as he wishes. But yet you can see people who we will do prayer sessions on the gifts. And God is saying, when are they going to ever focus on the fruit? And say, Lord, so I want you to, as you are going, as you are moving, doing this year, please try to also measure yourself as how well you are developing in the fruit of the Spirit. If you know that you are, you know how to measure yourself when you are going in the Spirit, you also know when you are developing in the fruit. Because you don't to say, this is who I was. This is who I am. And if you are not there, at least you acknowledge that I am working progress with God. Does that make sense? Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.